0: who went the wrong way that's all i have to say oh i don't know if this fits the podcast but we could talk about tesla buying bitcoin
1: uh no i don't like to encourage bitcoin
0: at all <laughs> i mean it's only our due diligence since we talked about short squeezes now we got to talk about cryptos
1: no we don't And this is episode 246 <laughs> of We Were Gamers, a podcast apparently that's about stocks and cryptocurrency now, uh, which I don't like and I'm not happy about. Andrew, explain yourself.
0: Uh, I okay, it's you know what? It's actually related to something I do want to talk about. Oh, My I mean, crypto... Andrew is here and Michael hi. is also oh, yeah, here. Hi, hi Michael. Hi.
1: hi, friends. Okay, now Andrew, mm-hmm. explain yourself, please. So uh, crypto,
0: how do you get crypto if you don't want to pay for it, JJ?
1: Well, you eventually I mean, pay for well, it, but... Well, hold on. Are we talking about... I mean, you're just calling it crypto. Stop using the slang. We're doing an explainer here.
0: Oh, okay. I don't want to talk about Elon Musk and buying Bit- Bitcoins with his Tesla money. I'm not going to talk about that. But I am going to talk about how you mine coins. Uh-huh. For half a second. Yeah. 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 What's the yeah. best thing for doing that? Uh, It's going to be graphics cards. Mm-hmm. A nice high-end one. So yeah. on January 28th, TechSpot put out an article that I saw that I don't know if you guys saw. Uh, I don't know what that since, website is. So. Uh, I'm going to go with no. With the new 3,000 and 6,000 series cards that have come out that are impossible to find. Uh, so you have to sign up on NVIDIA's or AMD's site to get one in a release window that they give you special for it. You know?
2: Uh-huh.
0: There are, there are other ways to get them. but that's Sure, the sure. Point. If you want to pay MSRP... Uh, You have to wait in lines uh, through the actual manufacturers. Otherwise, you're not going to get one at MSRP currently. Currently, just from a guy at a website. Yeah. Just from those generations of cards, those two brand new generations of cards, scalpers have already sold over 53,000 of them for $65 million, uh, which is a $16 million profit.
1: Okay, but like, what is that per card?
0: I mean, a lot. 16 million. Okay, this isn't research, this is just math. Divided by
1: 53,000 is $300 profit per card. Yeah, okay. So $300 markup on the card is not out of the realm of what you see when stuff is in short supply.
0: I mean, for some cards, that's more than double. Uh, You'd imagine for... You know, not that's, for any of these cards. Well that's you not imagine that's for any of these. towards the expensive cards. i saw I saw thirty eighties going for over double.
1: Oh look, yeah. Sure, yeah. As anything in short supply, right? Yeah. It's gonna go for more. But if the if the average amount they're making is three hundred dollars, that is not like OMG the Bitcoin miners have bought every one, right? No, not yet, yeah. Well uh, Bitcoin mining is kind of down.
0: It's really not worth it
1: for any coin other than that either uh i mean you know it depends uh which coins you're mining and and what sort of assigned value you give to any of them they're all made up so they're not you know they're only worth what people will pay you right i don't so. have time to get into this or energy uh, yeah because that's the real thing right yeah that, uh, was a, that was a pun that was an actual pun. well done yeah, I this i it. approve of actual puns <laughs> on this podcast hello uh we were gamers we're here we're still gonna talk about stuff sometimes uh i think i think we'll we'll switch it up and we won't talk about games first and we'll talk about news first how about that what do people feel we already did some news i that was the i know that let's, was switched. let's do some more than more news yeah, yeah. There's, gonna, there's gonna be more news uh i don't know if either of y'all saw this over the weekend or maybe lo- or late last week perhaps Uh, A build of the classic N64 game GoldenEye 007, a remastered version of that game leaked onto the internet. There had been rumors of Rare making it for the Xbox. And this is that game. This is the Xbox Live Arcade version of GoldenEye 007. It's the same game with way better assets basically and it does the halo thing where you can press the button to switch between the old mode the old graphics and the new graphics
0: one of the best parts
1: of us having played halo i think yeah this uh apparently was done something in like 2007 or something like that some some thereabouts that sounds right uh ours technica has a great story about it uh interviewing some of the developers that worked on it at rare at the time and how it sort of they basically like worked on it because it was easy and they were in between projects and they had like eight people max and they basically did the entire thing before they went and tried to secure the rights, <laughs> uh, which oops. <laughs> uh, and yeah, then basically Nintendo uh, turned around and told them absolutely not. Will we never allow this game ever in the history of ever to come out on a Microsoft console? Goodbye. And that oh, was the, no. end of the discussion there.
2: Whoa. Come on, Nintendo! Why so Same. aggro, Nintendo?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. This is uh, what are they doing fair? with it? Uh, nothing, but they're not allowing Microsoft to get it. That's for sure, right? And remember, this was like you know, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I'm sure Nintendo is much more savvy about online things now, right, guys? Crickets. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, no, the crickets is the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Uh. So anyway, uh, you know, uh, enterprising individuals can find this uh, and you can play it on the Xbox emulator on your Windows PC. Uh, And I did that. It's uh, hey, you guys ever play that Goldeneye game? This is that game.
0: So I busted out. It's a great game. I busted out my N64 this past weekend and I was looking through the. I I didn't have as many cartridges left as I thought I did. I might have lent some out because I know there's some missing and I think Goldeneye is one of the ones that's missing because uh, it's not in there. Uh Perfect Dark was good though.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, was and there wasn't an, and there was an Xbox port or Xbox 360 port of Perfect Dark. Well, because rare came, that did that did come out and has been re-released multiple times. Um but yeah, this is uh, man, it just plays like that game, man. It floaty like aiming and the whole thing. It's weird using like a standard, you know, controller with two joysticks and and normal buttons and stuff i wonder what it would be like to go to it now i haven't played it in so
0: long and like playing so much uh call of duty this last month or two and the like aiming is so bad and like the movement (laughs) and all that i did it did that game have snap aiming where if once you let go of the stick it kind of recentered
1: itself uh so it depends if you're zooming or not it there's a lot of auto aim like auto aim assist you know uh you can turn it off in the options but uh you probably want it on cuz man it's a uh, that's a game where there's a lot of, like in the higher difficulties especially it just spawns dudes like all over the place behind you where you can't see and there's no radar like to... <laughs> yeah uh i only played like the first couple levels just like stuff i remembered you know from from back in the day apparently the the developers on this Ars technica story were talking about that they made four player split screen work over the internet. So That's you would just cool. be playing four player split screen. You would be one of the corners. The other three would be other players in your match on the internet. So you could screen peek them? Just like in real life. Oh, yeah, what okay. you would do if you had four people at the All N64, right, four, right? Yeah. Screen peeking. They are, they are replicating the experience, right? <laughs> That's cool. I thought that was super cool. And That's apparently people. Idea have gotten that feature in this game to work via some like really complicated stuff involving like excellent kai and tunneling and vpns and a bunch of stuff that like it's not worth doing but it it could have be, it could be done if you were dedicated enough and that or they say tubes. it works <laughs> yeah it's like hey man it's just like it's like playing this game on an, you know it's a little laggyer cuz you know the internet but that code is in there and it works apparently um which is cool man i I just think it's so cool. Why don't they just put that out? What the heck? Do people not like money? Like Nintendo gets a cut of this, don't they?
0: I can't believe they're still holding the rights to those games.
1: I mean, Nintendo was the original publisher, so they have the rights to the game, right? And the the Bond people or whatever. I assume the Bond people would just be in for it, right? They're like, money? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Yeah, so how how have they not bought Nintendo out of that? Although I guess the... Uh, well, the Bond people aren't going to buy Nintendo's publishing rights to a video game, right? They don't care about that. They, that, okay, isn't it Paramount
0: that makes those movies? They have way more money than Nintendo.
1: Yeah, but they're not, they're they're there to make movies. They're not there to publish video games.
0: Well, they wouldn't make video game tie-ins if they didn't make the studio extra money.
1: Yeah, fair. I don't know. Uh, The... The only thing I heard brought up in the defense of the the Bond people is that I guess they don't, or they, the amorphous they, whoever they are, the Bond estate or the movie people or whoever don't like when people show Bond as the old actors only the oh, current because it's Pierce bond. Brosnan on there, yeah, and this is a Pierce Brosnan Bond joint, and so they don't they would like be asking them to re-release it now with Daniel Craig or whoever is the next one
0: well yeah because you'd probably have to relicense those actors at this point too which is yeah
1: of course right like in all the you know the other people in that movie um but you would think the people who made the movie would just be like yeah sure use our movie who cares like no one no one else is out there clamoring for that golden eye licensing right
2: (laughs) yeah not that it would be you know all the other challenges not that it would be difficult to update the art asset
1: yeah the hardest part would be you know the. Inserting the old art of bad like, res yeah, Daniel like, Craig or whatever, down, down
2: so, the Daniel Craig. Think
0: art. about, I mean, think about the amount of work that would then go into this overall, and the market for this game. I, I almost would rather personally go find, if not who I lent that cartridge to twenty years ago or whatever, uh, just go buy one off eBay for twenty bucks, then worry yeah. about like how much it's going to cost me to get an HD remaster of goldeneye play it for 20 minutes and be like, "Man,
1: the shooting in this sucks." I mean, the the level of work that was done to this is like a $20 game. Like there's no way this this game as it is if it had come out, right, on Xbox 360 back in the day, they could not have charged $60 for this. People would have like no, no way, right? This this was like a $20 $30 indie game yeah digital release yeah. only yeah exactly and you know from that perspective like yeah 20 bucks that's probably how much those n64 cards go on ebay these days right i don't know i actually have
0: no idea i think the real popular ones are like in the 20 to 25 range and you can find a lot for like six bucks even the popular ones that were made a lot of like donkey kong country sixty four mm-hmm. or donkey kong 64 uh, God, you know, that's, that that's game. a good game, but like there's a bazillion <laughs> of them. And so you can Uh-oh. get them for eight Sounds bucks. Like Andrew, a, a Andrew, difference of opinion there.
1: Andrew, have you played Donkey Kong 64?
0: Yeah. Do you think that's a good game? I think it's good enough for the Nintendo 64.
1: I mean, okay. I, I guess if the bar is like good enough. Yeah. It's not a good game though. It's a terrible game. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. playing it back when As i don't kid, think
2: i have i don't think i have tried playing it since then though it but it does not it would hold up. up man i was gonna say like
0: like so many other things from that era let me let me point this out to a lot of people that are our age that are listening to this because this is what it is right we're in the hangout zone of the people this age that we were gamers mm-hmm. do yourself a favor Find one of your younger siblings and or the next generation of children that are likely around you. Hand them a controller and try to get them to play Super Mario Brothers and watch how long they're interested in it and how far they get in the first level.
1: That game is
0: also hard
1: and kind of bad. Oh, you're talking about Mario 1 specifically? Yeah. Yeah. Mario 1 is hard and like, yeah, it is.
0: So like Donkey Kong 64 and a lot of these games they work they were fun at the time i'm gonna give them a pass okay is it is it spyro reignited quality good no i mean like
1: well i mean you know yeah it's not as good as the remaster of spyro yeah. sure. you want to compare it to the original spyro the original spyro just is like, like
0: modern call of unbar. duty is probably the best feeling shooter compared to golden knight you know like and still enjoy playing it. And my there point can't... being, my point being, uh, the N64 market is just run by availability and not so much by popularity. So like there's a good amount of gold Knight cartridges out there. They're only about 20 bucks. Okay. Uh, you know, if you want to get a fully in original box, Majora's mask with, uh, uncracked original strategy guide, you're probably looking at 200, but you know what I mean? Like that's, probably more than two
1: hundred these days, but yes, that's yeah. yeah. But it, if you're just looking for carts,
0: the cart Loose prices. Carts. I I just did this recently, actually, because I've been cleaning out my office, and uh, cart prices have not held up, especially with uh, a lot of these mini consoles coming out. They've kind of dampened the market on used mm-hmm. stuff. You gotta it,
1: be you gotta be in there for that physical media. That's why, right? Yeah. So
0: yeah. so in general, like they're just not that popular and there's not an, we are the age group of people that care Mm -hmm. and the people ahead of us and the people behind us. Very, very slim margin of people that care about having these physical things in their houses to take up space with these huge cartridges. Like NES cartridges are massive, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, So, you know, it's a tough market for those things to be worth tons
1: of money anymore. I think if you did that, that experiment you said, where you sit down a younger person and have them play Mario. What if you did it with Super Mario World, though? I have instead of Mario One,
2: right? I think that would that would hold up better. It also, I don't, I don't remember if we talked about this or not, but it over the the years, what it means to be a hard game has changed a lot. And I think yeah. you see that like even even going from Super Mario Brothers to Super Mario World, what do mm-hmm. you get? I mean, the the way that games used to be difficult, just sort of like difficulty for difficulty's sake is something that doesn't really exist as much anymore in in more modern games, um, like games that were just NES games that were just brutally hard. Is that
0: a limitation of coding, or were they all intended to be brutally hard? I'm not entirely sure I know the answer
1: i I think they the idea back then was uh, uh, well they didn't have to program them so that you only had three lives and you could go back to the beginning after it, right? They didn't have to do that yep but uh, yeah, they did. They, they, but did they did because, because everything because you was were only okay. getting. It, you, well, not the NES, right? The NES no, wasn't an arcade. No, but
0: they, the NES and the Atari 2600 grew up in a world of arcade games. Like, the Atari 2600 is populated by half arcade games, right? And so the idea of, like, three lives comes from that zone of, of game making, Pac-Man and all those.
1: Sure. sure the, like,
2: pixel-perfect movement is not necessarily a requirement of arcade games, and yet a lot of those early NES games were that difficult. Like if you didn't land exactly on the platform or you clipped the tiniest bit of the bat flying across the
1: screen. Yeah. My point was going to be that they made them this difficult because they cost like $80 or whatever back then. Yeah. And that there was no way in heck you were going to be able to get another it, game even soon. And if you could beat that game in a day, which if all the Mario levels were easy, like it, you know, this eight worlds, four levels per world. That's not like a ton of levels really. And if they weren't like if you didn't have to keep replaying them to beat them, you would beat that game in a day and then you your mom would go return the game to Toys R Us or whatever, right? Yeah. It's like Ninja Gaiden the same way, right? Ninja Gaiden is not a long game. Like that is a short game actually in terms of levels. But no one ever gets to the last levels cuz it's so ridiculously hard. <laughs>
0: I wonder if all the pixel perfect stuff came from it intending to be hard versus they didn't have the computer system to say this pixel is a dead zone, you know, like the, the programming software required and the amount of space on these carts is minuscule. And so like the pixel is the pixel. You can't then write a dead zone around the pixel. Like you can now, you know?
1: I mean like, you know, you got to do collision in the way that you understand it, right? Like the sprite touches the other sprite, but I don't think that's the, the problem, right? They could also make it so that the sprites don't move in really janky and annoying ways like that. Dang bat in Castlevania (laughs) is always in the place that you want to jump. Always. They could have not put it there, right? They could have moved it over to pixels so that it's arc. Didn't always intersect with always where you would jump every time. Right. But they didn't, they left it there because they hate you. And they want you to die there so that you have to replay the level again. Yeah. And then you, yeah. So it's like a, a, uh, You're not wrong though. Like certainly, there are things that are done in modern games now, like checkpoints and stuff, that are probably way harder to do when you have to write in 8K of ROM or whatever on an NES.
0: But Michael, you think that somebody playing Super Mario 3D World would do? Well, 3D World's too new.
1: Yeah,
2: does not. I mean, you can you can you can move that forward if far forward if you want to. I think it's you know you just see the progression, but I think that there's a. There has become more of an emphasis, and and maybe it's to try and reach a, a wider audience on um, only providing that challenge to the people who want it, right? Like being able to play a game at a particular difficulty setting, um, or in the case of of Mario games, making them a little bit more forgiving, right? So that if you uh, um, if you want a more a bigger challenge like there are things that you can do within the game that offer that challenge but at the same time you can also play through a game more casually and just enjoy the play
1: i mean i think 3d world is actually a pretty good one to bring up uh, that's the wii u game which is very topically being re-released on the switch this month i think this week this week even uh yeah. very soon uh 3d world plus bowser's fury which i know nothing about it's a second
0: uh, it's like a half game they stuck on the end of it. Okay, cool. Not, uh, I wouldn't call it like DLC. It's like a second. Like it sounds
1: like it's like another another game. Yes. Uh, but it, the base game 3D World. When I played it on the Wii U, uh, the most of the levels in that game are not that hard. However, once you beat all the normal levels, there is like a bonus world or whatever. Champion, and then you get to the end of that. And there is a level called Champions Road, which is ridiculously long and pretty tough because you have the timer, right? Like Mario levels are not that long typically, and they give you—I well, don't know—was it like 500 seconds or 400 seconds Mario seconds, sure. which aren't aren't real seconds? Yeah, <laughs> frame seconds. But yeah, right. It's not quite the same. But like, if you if you drag that all the way out, uh, the You know, it's like they stick like six levels end to end to end to end to end in that champion road level. And it's hard, dude. And you get to the end and you're like dying because you have 10 seconds left and you know, like two more jumps later, you can see that flagpole over there, but you're not going to get there in 10 seconds. You're dead. Go back to the beginning. (laughs) Uh, You know, so so they're capable of making difficult levels in the new games. But, you know, level one, one of Mario 3D World is like a fun runaround time in a cat suit where you like hit Goombas with your paws and run up walls and stuff. It's like it's a tutorial, it's, and they didn't yeah. give you a tutorial on old games.
2: No, you just had to
1: figure it out. Uh, the tutorial in Mario 1 is, you know, Super Mario Brothers is you press right and what happens? Oh, he moves. Okay. Yeah, and you touch that Goomba and then you start over. <laughs> How do you run? I don't know. Ask your brother. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I just thought that's interesting. And I am I'm endlessly fascinated by the idea that like games that people think are classics, the next generation will look at and be like, eh, this game kind
0: of sucks. I'm fascinated you didn't like DK sixty four. DK sixty four is
1: played so bad, dude. Oh my god. Hmm. I uh, mm. I don't like that <laughs> genre. I don't like that genre of like collect a thon pick up every single like 15 note blocks and 10 jiggies and 53 crystals and then also the seven pages and the mystical sword as well like that just is not my jam but uh michael what about didn't we talk about wonder world last week or did we almost talk about it we almost talked about it we should talk about it because that thing is almost out or soon there's a demo do you pick yeah up jiggies? there's a
2: uh you don't pick up Jiggies and there, there is a demo out. So, uh, Balin Wonderworld is the, uh, the latest game out, um, coming out from Square Enix and they, uh, they put out a demo of it last week, week and a half ago now. Um, and so being interested and knowing nothing about the game, I decided, you know what, I'll try it. It's, uh free on every system that they are planning to release the game for so i got it through the steam store um and i'll take it for a spin and see how it plays um and it is it took me a while to come up with the best way that i could think of to describe it and i think the best description that i can give you is if someone decided i want to make kingdom hearts but instead of an RPG, I want it to play like a Lego Batman game.
0: Ah, so Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Kingdom um, Hearts has
1: better combat than Lego Batman.
0: Which Lego Batman? The first one or the second
1: one? <laughs> any of them?
0: Uh, the second one's all right.
2: So they the demo kind of throws you into it without really giving you any explanation of what the story is um you are playing as a kid who is sad about something and the um the character in the top
1: hat who's on all the imagery um all right we got to talk about this guy hold on yeah yeah, yeah. way too important we can't (laughs) skip over the guy in the top hat andrew have you seen a picture of this guy no uh Uh, michael find a picture and link it in the chat so andrew knows okay Uh, okay this dude, okay. Uh, this game was worked on by Yuji Naka, I want to say, is his name? Yes, right? Yuji Naka. Famed creator of... Well, not creator, but... Oh, uh, is there, are uh, his artist. eyes in his hat? Oh, yes. Yes, they are. Yes. This this is a creepy-looking hat, dude. <laughs> what Yuji the heck, Na- man? Who's,
0: who's Yuji Naka?
1: Uh, he's uh, uh, famous for that game Nights into Dreams. Also, like he worked on that. Sonic for a long time. Oh, okay. Uh, the the 3d sonic games yeah uh the 3d sega yeah he may have worked on the he may have worked on the older ones too but i'm not sure about that okay uh anyway he famed creator of sega things that people like from the past is this guy a flower with a hat a lot of great questions going on here why did he cut holes in his hat
2: for you (laughs)
0: So he could see his eyes look like they're on the hat though. No, not it's even clearly, okay. I found a zoomed in one. He's got some sort of black head underneath yeah. the hat. And then his eyes are cut through the hat band. Like it's some sort of mask in his hat, but his mouth and nose are missing, but he has our, ar- it looks like maybe he's some sort of plant, but he
1: has arms and legs. This is very confusing. Yeah, I, I I'm sorry. I actually do want to know kind of what this game (laughs) is about, but I really can't get over looking. Every time I see this guy, I just get like a general unsettled vibe. Oh,
0: I didn't see a whole body shot. His legs are twice as long as the rest of him. Yes.
1: And he's wearing like disco shoes. He's dressed like a carnival barker, but is like all in white. It's like
0: Saturday Night Fever at the circus. Yeah, there you go. That's, That's about, what I was just are.
2: about to say. Yep. Yeah.
0: Wow. What is this game about? Oh, I wish okay. I knew. <laughs> okay. Michael Grace. Oh, all right. So well,
2: you get you get like I said, they throw you in without really giving you much in the way of story. Um, you get invited into um, or not invited, but you you find your way into um, a kind of mysterious building that has Balan Wonderworld over the top of it. Um, and you meet this guy who basically sits you down and starts his show and invites you on a journey to find what he says is the missing piece of your heart. So cue, cue Kingdom Hearts right off the bat. Um, so he takes you to this central hub area, uh, and in the demo, there's there's only one world to start with, so you, you run off to the new world. Um, and...
1: Is it like a hub level kind of thing or is it just like a...
2: Yeah, so there's there's one like central gra- glass grassy plain um, and it has kind of dioramas for each of the worlds around you. And there's only one of them there to start with. So you run towards that one and it takes you into the first level and there are uh, crystals for you to collect uh, on your way. And you just you're just sort of following the the path. It's it's relatively linear um, towards the end of the level. So um, fair bit of jumping, not a ton of enemies, mostly just platforming. Um, but the reason why I compared it to Lego Batman is that to reach different areas, you change outfits, and you collect the outfits as you play through the levels.
0: Oh, that's very
2: Lego game. Yep. So the first one you come across is uh, like a wolf costume and the wolf costume lets you um, do a spin attack that shoots out a tornado and you can use the tornado to attack enemies, to break blocks, et cetera, et cetera. And so as you progress, there are more and more costumes for you to collect um, and use in different combinations to reach different areas. So there's like a plant costume, which lets you stretch uh, to twice your normal height um, there's a costume that lets you lock on to either enemies or floating objects and grapple yourself towards them, so you can reach distant platforms or higher platforms. Um, I think I found six, maybe in the first couple of worlds, six different outfits, uh, each with their own, um, you know, abilities and drawbacks. Like some of them, you you have a
0: powered up attack, but you can't jump anymore. Mm. did you have to do the retread oh i got the new suit and now i know that if i go back to that other level i can open that thing that was openable yes yeah yeah. so there's Um, definitely some of that full-on lego game yes
2: uh you can't change through all the costumes on the fly
0: Um, you can only bring a certain amount each level you can
2: only carry three of them at a time Uh, but and i i so i didn't know this until after the fact reading through it but you can change the three that you're carrying at checkpoints. So there are checkpoints throughout each level. And if you're standing on a checkpoint, you can like duck into a dressing room and re-outfit your character.
0: That's cool.
1: That's nicer than the Lego games that don't let you change your, your characters you bring until usually after you beat the game, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Kind
1: of.
2: But yeah. yeah, so the, the, each one of these worlds has been infected by a, weird shadow dude who has shadow minions who you have to beat um if this is sounding like more like kingdom Kingdom hearts yeah yeah
1: Mm -hmm. yeah um how many zippers does your character have
2: (laughs) um maybe just the one normal one
1: okay not a kingdom hearts game then (laughs) it's not enough zippers
2: yeah um but the I think probably the weirdest thing about it was just how little they actually explain in the demo. They sort of throw you into it without any backstory. There are these um, strange, kind of like fluffy bunny creatures that follow you around. Uh, if you remember the, um, what are they called? Um, ray bites from. Oh, rabbits. No, 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 no. He was gonna say secret of mana. Secret of mana. The yellow, the yellow
1: bunny-looking enemies. Man, I was getting all
0: excited for rabbits. No, they're
1: just—they're just just like (laughs) they're just like circles with floppy ears, right? Basically, Uh, it's basically basically a rabbit.
2: Sure, then not wrong. (laughs) Um, they—they follow you around, and it's—it's not explained, but in between levels, you can feed them the crystals that you collect to grant them abilities that help you so they're they're color-coded into one of several different colors and one of the colors will attack enemies for you one of the colors will point the way towards secret areas um but they don't tell you any of this (laughs) cool how do they expect you to know this that's a very good question. I mean the, the I wonder you if, can f- the you can feed them the crystals part is explained to you between levels, but the why of it and what it gets you is not at all. Huh.
1: I wonder if that's like a this is the demo, we don't have time to explain everything kids just like we'll figure it out. You'll learn over time when you actually play the game. I hope. I, I kind of got that sense. At least that's what I I really
2: hope because otherwise it's going to be real disorienting.
1: Yeah, jeez. I want that to be. The idea of it sounds cool. I just don't. It's so weird looking. I can't get over it. And there's I mean, there's a lot of in a dancing suspended
0: too. hamburger here in, on this screen. It looks like a
1: hamburger. The <laughs> characters have a look too, like the the kid characters and the the enemies and stuff. I don't know. I don't know how to put my finger on what that look is, but it has a look. It's almost like Wonderful
0: 101 almost.
1: A little bit. I can see that. Very like cartoon stylized
0: yeah. somehow. Like mm-hmm. comic, almost comic booky, manga-ish. Mm-hmm. Oh, It's like Akira Toriyama adjacent.
1: Yeah, definitely like not sure. Akira Toriyama, but like. This guy likes Akira Toriyama? Yeah, it's not like know? not it's not like knockoff. It's like I was inspired, inspired by him. By, yeah. yeah, totally. Uh Well, I'll take uh I'll take this off ramp here. Uh the There was a good segue there, but I just completely ruined it. So, we're just going <laughs> to We're just going to crash exit. <laughs> we're just going to crash straight into Xenoblade Chronicles Future Connected. Oh, I thought we were going to
0: talk about crashing nope. and therefore uh Fast Nine.
1: Uh no, we talked about that last year when that trailer came out. <laughs> Xenoblade what? Uh Xenoblade Chronicles Future Connected. This is uh the extra bit of story content that was added to Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. I beat the base game uh recently and I finally started this like extra story that takes place after the main game. Uh it does have a like Little characters that follow you around and their color coded mechanic, kind of like this the Valentine <laughs> Wonderworld does. Okay. Uh I don't want to talk too much about like the setting and stuff because it was spoilers for people who haven't played and beaten Xenoblade Chronicles, but the the land that you are in, uh the the two characters that are with you from the main game are Shulk and Malia, Uh and you get some knop on. Companions as well. You have two. One is a on version of Ryan, and the other one is a on version of charla so far. Okay. And they all have skills that are like jokingly named the same as the <laughs> ones that they have, but like bad puns because Napans. Right. Uh, and as you go around, you know, doing your quests and, you know, figuring out why you're here and what you're doing and, and all the various questing stuff, uh, you come across this group called the. Pawn specters, who are like little Boy Scout napons ons that are like strewn about the world in various places. Okay. And you can go collect them, and they join you, and they're walking around like you just have a trail of them following behind you. And I guess the game Pikmin? wants to tell me, do close, kind of, yeah? I'm picturing more like Russell from Up, short
2: and what? round and dressed like a Boy Scout.
1: Yeah, but they're smaller. So, like, they're, yeah, they're, like, little round fluff people. I don't know. I don't know how to describe what they look like. (laughs) Lorax? Yeah, if the Lorax was, like, short. The Lorax is short. Yeah, but, like, shorter. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Anyway, they're, like, uh, they come up to, like, your knees. Anyway, uh, these little guys are, like, all adventurers and explorers and stuff. You collect them, they're color coded, and then they join you in battle, but they're all just kind of like standing around, not doing anything until you have like high tension in the battle. And then you can engage their various colors to do stuff Uh, like the blue ones have like generally support and healing type skills. The yellow ones have like status effects and stuff like that. And the red ones are attack. Um, I don't actually have any red ones yet because probably they're they're too good. (laughs) (laughs) They would actually help and the other ones don't. Um, but it's cool to like go back to this game, uh having just played the main game again and coming back into it and being like you know they they de level your characters I think to sixty in this okay, and uh you know you're kind of like divorced from all your gear and all the other stuff, and they take out certain aspects of the system that like just aren't gonna matter in this, so there's no affinity, you don't have to worry about like you know gifting presents to people and all that kind of stuff uh and the, the battle system is a little more simplified because with, you know, with these other like Nop-On all around you and stuff, you you don't have the, uh like, you can still, uh, you don't have the chain attack system the way you did in the regular game, right? Okay.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, because adding, adding another mechanic to the regular game's already complicated suite would have been just a lot. Yeah, so
1: all this Nop-on stuff seems to take place of the chain attack, and that's a interesting change. Um so I don't know. I, I'm enjoying it. It's cool to like go back and like run around in these big you know and this is a new landmass, so it's an area you haven't seen before. Um you just kinda like, you know, run roaming around, exploring, picking up stuff. Um it's cool. I'm I'm enjoying this kind of like uh epilogue to the game, I guess. I'm not exactly sure what's going on in this uh this section yet
0: okay so it's called future connected because it connects to xenoblade 2 or makes the game connect to xenoblade 2 or something like that couldn't tell you haven't seen that yet oh okay
1: i'm just curious if that was like obvious from the beginning uh not from the beginning uh but this game this part did come out after xenoblade 2 though right because xenoblade 2 came out and then definitive edition came out so it's very possible that it does that i don't know uh there are already hints at the end of Xenoblade 1 that could potentially connect to stuff in Xenoblade 2, that's for sure. So Fair. Alright. Uh do we want to keep talking about games or do we want to talk about some other stuff? We can talk about some other stuff. You wanna talk charge. about some wanna talk about some office furniture, Andy?
0: I do because I have a question. I think at least one of you uses a swing arm for your mic am I wrong I use one okay
2: she,
0: she does. I have I'm trying to join the crew but you got to tell me the errors that you discovered when mounting because I'm looking at some limited ish desk space and I don't want it sticking out into the hallway I, I decided to start cleaning up and out a lot of things recently I don't know about you guys but pandemic wise you start to realize how inundated in things you are maybe uh and i wanted my desk to have a lot cleaner look to it um it's got a lot of clutter first of all but my monitor's on like a or not my monitor well my monitor too but my mic is on a stand that i have to move every time we pod because otherwise mm-hmm. it'd be right in yep. front of me uh and i saw so i I thought I had seen that you, one of you was using a swing arm. JJ obviously was the one. Uh, And so I went out and looked for one that was decently long, but now I'm concerned that I don't know how I'm going to do this without it sticking out when I'm not using it.
1: Thoughts? So, okay. So the one I have uh, just has like a straight up like vice grip. Yeah. Like clamps onto the side. Mm -hmm. It's like dead simple, right? There's some padding on there. It just clamps onto the side there. That's it. And when I am not using it, right? when I am using it, the cord is kind of like dangling right here over the keyboard and over the back of the, the desk. So it's not ideal. But when I'm not using it, right, I unplug the cord. I leave the cord next to the back of my keyboard. So it's there, but you can't see it directly. Uh, And the arm is like a, I don't know how to describe it, except like, you know, those like old desk lamps.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I used it to have like a um you know back when we used to play warhammer uh I had one of those lamps that had a magnifying glass in it
1: yeah it's you probably know, just like this and, and there's a there's you know it it twists uh on its base and then there's a a bend in the middle right and then you right. can adjust the the very end part of it where the microphone or the magnifying glass or whatever so I used would to attach. mount
0: that above me on a separate I had a separate shelf on my desk and I'd mount that above
1: me. So it wouldn't be in the way when it was in in use. So when you use it, it is in the way, right? Like when the microphone is out, it's in your way. Like this microphone is in my face. This arm is on the side of me. Like I could type on my keyboard. No problem. Yeah. But Like if I wanted to reach out and touch my monitor, I would hit the arm. Right. Uh, Uh, but, when it's not in use, it just folds down and turns sideways and it's just parallel with my desk. I don't even see it. It's not there. The microphone just sits right there, connected to it, and it's not even not in my way. I don't even see it. It's barely. This is what I'm working nothing. towards. This is this is what I'm working towards. Yep. For sure. You do want to, though, I mean, like it will stick out a little bit on the edge, right, of the desk. So if you're mm-hmm. like really close on a walking way or whatever. The area where the clamp clamps on, you know, is going to be the farthest out thing. So, you know, be cognizant of that. Maybe put it on the other side of the desk then if that's the case.
0: So I also got to go with this. I ordered from Japan, actually, this like super cool looking monitor stand connector because I wanted to get the monitors up a little higher so that I can do the uh, standing desk thing. Uh, And this one allows you to do both. You you can put it down low when you're sitting and then pull them up high when you're not uh, without having to have the whole converter or go to a whole new desk because I really like my desk. Uh, So I'm trying to get all these things onto arms, but I'm worried about them all colliding. So I was just seeing, you know, like.
1: So the the issue you're going to have then if you go to a standing is that this arm is mostly going to be going up for you, right? uh Uh-huh. Whereas my arm is mostly going sideways across the desk. Because your desk moves up. Yeah, because the whole surface of my desk goes up because I have a standing desk, right? Or I have like a standing desk top that moves up and down as opposed to like lifting my monitor and keyboard or
0: whatever. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the other thing you will know if you do a standing desk, right, is the lifting the monitors is all well and good. But <laughs> what you about your keyboard? Uh-huh uh unless you're gonna put your keyboard up on a big box or something yeah. like you're gonna be like reaching way down to the desktop where your keyboard is so you need a way to like elevate all of that at once yeah right? i
0: have a little uh tray thing
1: okay yeah and then it just becomes about like having that whole thing be as easy to lift up and down as possible so that you just do it more as opposed to getting be like ah this is too much work to set up right yeah right yeah it it is not so bad. I don't think the when we are recording, I guess I don't know what other uses you have for the microphone, but if when we are recording, it's not like I'm trying to do mega important stuff on these monitors at the same time that I would need to be like poking at them or whatever, right? So, it's not a problem that this is kind of blocking part of my my desk space here. Sure
0: yeah that's all i'm just trying to i'm trying to get a better workflow i don't know i I don't know if you guys have have entered this mental space in lockdown slash coronavirus slash staying home in your home office a lot i know you you've ended up having to go to work a lot michael but you know even in your free time there's not a whole it's not like we're going to knots and disney and all these other things so right you're in your office Mm -hmm. more uh It's not like a Feng Shui thing, but it's definitely, I don't know. I stumbled across desk organization videos, which is like almost some sort of weird subclass of ASMR or something. (laughs) Where it's just people organizing their desks and showing you their workflows and all that. And I was like, you know what? It would be nice if all this stuff wasn't here.
1: (laughs) I have piles that i know what is in and no one else yes exactly <laughs> uh-huh that's my current uh, i would not operating. call i would not call any of my desk organized there's a lot of junk on it but yeah. uh it's my junk and i don't like it that's my current operating procedure
0: as well but we're gonna make a change over here okay starting okay, with good on you man starting with getting some office equipment to get it more organized
1: yeah I can't be mad Mm-mm. uh Maybe I. mm. There were some strong opinions about this question uh, that was brought up uh, on another podcast that I listened to, and I want to know you guys' opinion because I think, as the definitive arbiters of taste, the We Were Gamers podcast (laughs) here has to weigh in on this very important debate. For people born between my
0: robes out. For people born between like 1980 and 1990.
1: Uh, Well, it's going to fall right into that range, Andrew, because here is the question. Which is the better theme song, the Power Rangers theme song or the Pokemon theme song? Oh, no. Between those two, I I feel like. And I think it's a I I mean, I have an opinion, right? But like answering this question is a trap. (laughs) <laughs> okay, what is the – what what have we fallen prey to? Because it, it's infused
0: with a value judgment of the show because people – not that, that you, I, or Michael are going to make a value judgment of the show when saying which song we think is better, but I think a lot mm. of people when they hear which song we think is better – They'll they're gonna think, assume we think the show think is the show is better. better now in my opinion I'm probably gonna say I also think the show that I pick is better uh but that's gonna color the argument and people will be upset
1: I think people are gonna be upset no matter what we pick anyway so but I mean I think I'm gonna come out and say I like power Rangers better oh you're yeah you're oh, wrong. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you yep nah man nah I, like, I I love wanting to be the very best, like no one ever was. It's great. Yeah. But Power Rangers has that shredding guitar, dude. It does, but... It's got 90s shredded guitar, though. <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah, they, I, talking about the value of the show, I don't want it like... I'm not here to argue that Power Rangers, the show, is better than Pokemon, the show. No, no, I'm I not. I don't know that I think see, that that's true. See, this is
0: exactly what I said, because all I said in th- that sentence was, it's got 90s shredded guitar, and you went straight to the value of the show. Yeah, because you're trying to, like, it, look. I'm just talking about the but song. I think the, 90, I think the 90s shredded guitar is sweet, dude. I think shredded guitar is sweet, but I don't know. The Power Rangers thong, song is iconic and not bad totally uh but the pokemon song is better
1: okay i i can accept i think both answers are good i don't think there's a there's a a right answer here i just think i like the power rangers a little better you know what for me what it really
2: comes down to is that i like my favorite theme songs over the years are ones that like tell a small story mhm and the of those two, the Pokemon theme song definitely does that, whereas the Power Rangers theme song is just kind of like Power Rangers, yeah. Okay, fair. I, so, I, like, what yeah. if?
1: So, what if you then take this and go, oh, well, like, what about Ninja Turtles? Right? Way, way better than the Power Rangers theme song. Yes, way better than the Power
2: Rangers theme song. I don't know if I would quite put it over the nah. that one's hard see, because there's see, more. Like, I, I think I've it's better than there's Pokemon. more. There's more nostalgia for me tied up in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles than there is for Pokemon, which is going to put it over the top. See right. again, just the value despite of the show. A... Well, that's not just the show, but it's like the the toys that I had when I was a much younger kid. Dude, you uh, had? Did you them. have the turtles that converted?
0: You folded. I you have have folded their legs of, into I might their had shell. One or two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. So cool, dude. So good uh here's my answer to this question the singability of the song matters not always is it the best part because there are plenty of singable tv songs that are really bad but like in the scale of good i'm gonna put one that i would enjoy singing above the others why ducktales would be a
1: better song than any of these right sure it's i was gonna say like we're not talking about DuckTales here because DuckTales just win. Right, sure.
0: So that's the hierarchy really is can you get in a group of people and sing it and everybody else would start? And I think
1: Power Rangers falls to the bottom of that list. I mean, I think if you're doing like a group karaoke thing and you put on Power Rangers, everyone would be like, go, go Power Rangers. But that's all they're going to sing. Yeah, but that's all you want if you're putting that song on. But if if you hear
0: the Pokemon song start up and everybody sure, hits, everyone is gonna sing everybody words, hits the lyrics from the very beginning together it's a different it's a different experience right and so that's I'm trying to devalue the shows in this opinion and and, the, and I go to uh, your karaoke thing's a great example being in a group and and thinking about what the nostalgia would mean to everybody I think you could talk about Power Rangers forever and be like remember this one remember that one but it's more about the show than the song. Okay, I deep, accept that judgment. Deep thoughts. Pokemon 1, 2 to 1. With it being trumped by Ninja Turtles and then over trumped by
1: DuckTales. Yeah, I mean, I think... Like, is there any question that DuckTales is to the best of all the ones we've just talked about? Not even is, right? I mean, I DuckTales is, close. is near the top on just about any list. Right, yeah. So good, man. Oh, all right. Uh I wanted to like do a few quick hits here at the end. Uh Andrew, I know we talked about some anime recently.
0: Oh yeah, One Punch Man.
1: Yeah. Uh I didn't watch more of that. Um I also didn't watch more of Iron-Blooded Orphans season 2 like you, I said I was going to. You're do. leaving me hanging, hanging and it's okay.
0: I it's... accept that I may have gone down an anime path that you
1: can't follow. Instead, I decided to watch the original Mobile Suit Gundam. Dude, why did I do that? (laughs) (laughs) That first season is a tough watch. I'm on, like, episode four. It's alright. It gets better. It's It's very, like, slow. Yeah, it gets better. Like,
0: when does she... Well, first you have to realize it's a she. I don't know if I'm hitting spoilers. I don't know if you remember the show at all. The original? Yeah. Isn't that the original or is that the second series where it's the two pilots? Might be remembering so,
1: the second series. You might be because the first series so far, the only pilot is Amuro and his like his big white Gundam. Mm. I mean, maybe another pilot shows up later and I'm not that far in. I'm only on like episode four. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm remembering the second second series off the top of my
0: head, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, There's a guy who looks sure a lot like, what's his name, Peace from Gundam Wing, though. I will say. The bad guy (laughs) who literally wears a mask and has yellow hair. Oh, Zex Maquis or whatever? Yeah, whatever that guy's name is in Wing, there's a dude who's named Lieutenant Char who is literally just like the same dude. <laughs> it like looks <laughs> red outfit, the whole like military uniform. It's like the same guy. Uh he's in except he's in a Zaku, so he's cooler, I guess. Cuz Zakus are cool.
0: No, That's I'm totally okay. Okay. Mm-mm. I'm not going to talk about it anymore cuz I don't think I'm actually remembering the second one. I think it's the first one. Okay.
1: It is what it is, man. Yeah. Uh, Spoilers for a fifty-year-old <laughs> TV
2: show, I guess. It's let like me not
1: a big deal. Uh, let me tell you, things are going
0: to get weird mm-hmm. towards the end of that.
1: Uh, I've heard, and that's actually kind of wa- why I want to watch it. I heard that there's some like some interesting stuff. So, yeah, things get weird. Uh, I don't know if it's good,
0: but it's good that you're watching it. Let's say, as a yeah. fan, as a fan of later
1: Gundam, you should watch young, young, older Gundam. That is why, I, that is actually why I'm doing this, right? I think I have, it's like, you know what? I like Gundam stuff. I have a RX-78-2 mug from Japan that I bought at a Gundam <laughs> store. I should probably watch the original Gundam, right? Yeah. It's like something I should do. It's not even that many episodes. And they're like, you know, 20 minutes or whatever because 30-minute TV shows, right? I'm
0: going to give you a hot take right here. The RX-78-2 is like one of the best-looking
1: Gundams hundred percent there's a reason i bought that mug and not other ones <laughs> i didn't buy the one from gundam seed or gundam double o or any of the other ones like i bought that one
0: because that one's sweet it's just so good looking it's so crisp and clean you get what it iconic. is iconic
1: it's iconic man yeah
0: well good on you for yeah for pulling that out uh you know if you happen to get back to iron blooded orphans i would rank that
1: Ah, it's tough heard though so so many good things about that show, and I really liked season one i just i season i watched two like one episode watch. of season two and then I completely fell off it's season... not because I didn't like it' it's yeah. just like I just did other things it's just it goes
0: so different than season one it's it immediately is different when they're stuck on earth and you have to like catch up on who some of these people are that you don't remember and all that mm-hmm. kind of thing and there's a bunch of new characters, but man it gets cool by the end.
1: I want to see it through because I liked it, right? Are they making more of that show? No. Uh, mm, no, right. Spoiler. No. think so. Okay. So
0: they will not be making more of Iron Blood Shorts.
1: <laughs> I mean, you could just say no. Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh. All right. Uh, getting pretty close to the end here. Got any other quick hits? Anything you want to Yeah, I have to apologize uh, to Michael. Andy? Uh-oh. What about?
0: We had a discussion on this podcast about donuts. We've had many. Yeah. One time, I I think I scathed you about a cinnamon roll okay. not, not being a donut. And I stand by the fact that what most people think is a cinnamon roll is not a donut. It's pastry. I'm,
1: I'm really interested to hear Um, yeah i want to know where this is going
0: the donut shop down the street from me does a cinnamon roll in a puffy donut so it looks like a cinnamon roll but it's with the airy fried donut batter
1: it's like the spongy dough of the donut
0: and that cinnamon roll is a donut and it's wonderful
1: that sounds delicious
0: And so I apologize to the people who, when they said cinnamon roll donut meant that type of donut and not an actual cinnamon roll. Okay. I didn't want to try it. I looked at it and I said, that's a cinnamon roll. It's pastry. I wanted a donut, but it looked glazed. And then I bit into it and it was airy and puffy and tasted like a cinnamon roll. But at the same time, it tasted like a donut.
2: Those are the best kind.
0: Yeah. And I didn't know that existed in my life is now changed. I may be switching between that and apple fritters.
1: Who forced you to buy this so that you would actually try it? Because you said you weren't into it. And then all of a sudden you got it just because.
0: Me in 2021 saying I have to to stand by my opinions and therefore I need to try this donut shop cinnamon roll and challenge my assumptions.
1: Got it. Okay great it was early
0: we left for the mountains at 6 a.m to go see the snow and i was like you know what i'm gonna make a better man out of myself this morning
1: (laughs) truly the betterment of mankind is all of our jobs so well done i think that's great (laughs) (laughs) i don't have a donut shop near me that i like i wish uh, i did now because it's making me hungry
0: you know for the lack of some foods in orange county uh donuts are plentiful and good here.
2: There is no shortage.
0: I could go for a sidecar right now. Which sounds like a drink, but is a donut shop.
1: I mean it's also a drink. Uh I'm an old fashioned glazed person. Yeah. yeah I think the chocolate glazed for me.
0: Like but also that's good. that's the puffy one, not the cake. Either one. I like them both. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll take it. You know, I've been way. leaning into the blueberry cake glaze recently.
1: Mmm. It surprises I like the cake me. cake ones. It's good. I'm not against it. I'm I'm for the cake ones, man. Some people not into them. I'm into them. I'm getting really hungry at the end of this episode. <laughs> All right, well, I think... We're getting close to the end here. Uh, there's more coming next week on the horizon, but we're not there yet.
2: Oh, I see what you did there.
1: So maybe folks, if you have questions and you want the, us to answer them, we'll batch them all up and talk about them. Where could they send that stuff?
0: Uh, Well, if you really want to send them in, I would title them DK 64 is a good game and here's why. And then I'll show them all to <laughs> JJ before he can read them. At, podcast at we were gamers.com. We were gamers everywhere on the internet. You could tweet that same thing at us. I think there's enough characters that you could then finish that statement.
1: Mm. I'll make him read them. It's doubtful <laughs> you could get a good argument in, in the amount of characters left. But I challenge
0: try. everyone DK64 good game equals, and then. You've got a lot of characters to work with. You
1: get 280 characters. You type is. Use some proper grammar here. Come on. Okay. Well, they have to fit at We Were
0: Gamers in there too. Because right. uh, our I DMs are not those open.
2: don't count towards your character limit anymore. Yeah. Tw- oh. Twitter
1: finally fixed that dumb thing. You can see I'm so hip on the rules. <laughs> we, the social media mavens. So, yeah, our,
0: our giant media company that we've built here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Our SEO will catch all this stuff, guys. Please send it our way. Yo, there's a YouTube. It's
0: got carbon scoring on it, which uh, is going to be back in February. We took a month off because uh, two of the three of us have kids, and it's just hard to recover from the holidays and do this type of stuff and jobs. Uh, So that's coming back this month with a special episode. It's going to be weird, but stick with us for that. Uh there's all sorts of stuff on there on the YouTube. Yeah. All right.